What does it mean to run the damn ball? Man, I never really thought about that question. I'd say to run the damn ball is to just give it, give it your all. You know what I mean? The way, the way it just flows when you say run the damn ball is just like put everything aside, clear your mind, that mental block, and just go for it, man. listening to Run the Damn Ball and the first installment of Run the Damn Basketball. This is your host, Daniel Magnuson, and we have an emergency podcast. The Dallas Mavericks are headed to a Game 7 in the Western Conference semifinals. Game 7 will be in Phoenix as the Mavs are looking to knock off the Suns, who have been the best team in the NBA so far as they had the best record this season. Run the Damn Ball has loyalty to two teams on planet Earth, the Nebraska Cornhuskers and the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas native, Texas Longhorn correspondent, and fellow UNL senior Cameron Sharpless joins me today as we both are Mavs fans and Dallas natives, and we've been needing this Mavs playoff run for a while. Cameron, what did we see from Game 6 when the Mavs won by 27 points? Um, well, the the most striking thing to me in that game was how much of a little batch uh, Devin Booker is. Uh, I'm sure we're going to get that later, but uh, I just want to throw it out there that I do not like Devin Booker. Um, I think that he is like a – like he's good. Like he, he, he would be a 40-win guy if he didn't have CP3s. CP3's old self is the only reason why, why they're the number one seed and why they went like 52 and six, or they went like 60 and something, I think. But uh, personally, the things that stood out to me were Jalen Brunson kind of getting his swagger back um, and Luca sharing the load, which are two very important things to make our offense and defense click. Yeah, I mean, to me, Jalen Brunson has surprised me so much in the past year. I mean, he went from, like, a role player who, like, would maybe score, like, 12 a game. When Luca was on the bench, he was, like, the main, like, facilitator, point guard we had. And now he's, like, the number two guy. He's, you know, consistent from three. Mm -hmm. And the way he plays, we can get get into this later, he's so – he's so efficient. And he doesn't, you know, he's built really strong, yeah. so I'm not worried about him getting injured either, you know. It's like he's almost like a Chris Paul, but like a younger Chris Paul. He is kind of like a baby Chris Paul, which is weird that like, well, no. I think Devin Booker was being like annoying to Jalen, but I don't know. Chris Paul is, I do respect the hell out of Chris Paul. Um, him being a vet and him being this old and making a huge playoff run. Uh, whatever happens with this series, uh, like, hats off to Chris Paul. But I think Jalen Brunson, one, he has a very well-paid future ahead of him after this season, regardless of what happens. And two, he's just going to be – he's going to be good, and we already know that. How old is he? Jalen Brunson, I'm going to guess he's like 24, 25 maybe. He is 25. Still young. I mean, it. he is still young. It's just, like, weird because Luca was, like, 18 when he, like, first started becoming, like, a star, mm-hmm. you know? And Luca's just a – Luca is a unicorn. But um, <laughs> I am uh, – Big shout-out to Big Sky Brewing Company. Me and Cameron went over and got uh, their Big Sky IPA. I just noticed on the side of the can it says, hold my beer and watch this. I don't know what that means. But, hey. I do love Montana. Mm-hmm. Montana's a great state. Wyoming is also a great state. We went there. We did go there. We went to Laramie, Wyoming. I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast. My favorite thing was when we stormed the field and the campus walk. By storming the field, it means like six of us like walked onto the field and <laughs> that's it. Because their field was just open. 
Anyways, um, <laughs> shout out to Montana. Shout out to Big Sky Brewing Company in Montana. Uh, they aren't sponsors, but they could be. You know who I'm trying to get sponsored on here? Montana. Sunday. Oh my gosh, Montague. <laughs> Try to get them. Yeah. That would be, you, you would have made it at that point, I think. In the, you're, not, you're not doing this for the money. You're doing it for the Montucky sponsorship. <laughs> Dude, when I did the video in the Haymarket, which I hopefully will get out later this month, but the spring game video in the Haymarket, mm-hmm. um, I met someone from Montana who was a Nebraska fan, and we talked about Montucky like on video. Did he like Montucky? It was a girl, but oh. and she's like she liked Montucky. I'm sorry for assuming your gender. <laughs> yeah, she likes uh, anyway. So I, I there's a point in that video where I go, "Yo, Montucky, sponsor me, run the damn ball." <laughs> and so hopefully, you know that yeah. that'll happen someday. But you know, who knows? Yeah. But oh, what were we saying? What were we saying? Uh, we're still talking about Jalen Brunson. Right? Yeah, we can just go ahead and talk about Jalen Brunson because we're gonna get to that later. But yeah. he's basically like a lefty Chris Paul, not quite as athletic, but mm-hmm. he's got the build and he the way he plays is sustainable. You're not worried about him exploding down the lane trying to jump on, you know, dunk on someone like John Morant and get hurt. You know, he's not the kind of guy, but he's very efficient. And man, he's been solid. Even before, like two years ago in the bubble, like the guy was efficient. Yeah. And he's just blossoming right now. I remember we were, it's a very distinct memory for me. We were at John Dawson's house and we were watching a Mavs game. It was a playoff game um, in the bubble. And we were talking about, like, we were sort of comparing and contrasting uh, Burke and Jalen Brunson. And we were getting really excited about Burke because Burke was, like, an excellent bubble player. You know how some players, like, they just went off in the bubble and then just kind of haven't really done anything since? Mm-hmm. That was Burke. And so I was really excited about Burke because he was, like, hot all series. He was hot the entire like bubble season. Bubble Trey Burke was the best Trey Burke we've seen. Yeah. Ever, yeah. But no, Jalen Brunson is I was wondering who was going to be filling a number two spot that we've never really had with Luca before. It was kind of Hardaway when Hardaway would pop off, but with him injured, we needed that. And Hardaway's a guy that's sort of prone to turnover sometimes, from what I've seen. I feel like I haven't watched him play. I haven't watched him play in like a year, I feel like. It's been a while because we only had TV at our house during football season. And then, you know, when football season ends, that's kind of when basketball picks up. And so we, Cameron and I, only watch Mavericks unless we go somewhere to watch it or pull it up on a stream. It's like highlights. Yeah. And so, you know, we're not the most like – maverick heavy like knowledgeable people i think we're pretty knowledgeable yeah i'm more knowledgeable about the mavericks than the average person but i'm sure there are people that are much more informed than i am i love the mavericks though i love luke i love the team that we got right now yeah but i don't know uh hardaway is really interesting because well like you said with when he was when he was like on one hardaway was like Really, really good. Still is. He's just injured. Yeah. It'll be nice to have him back next season. Um, But. We got to sign Brunson. Yeah, we're signing Brunson for sure. Um, Brunson, we saw him. Let's talk about Brunson in the playoffs. So far in this specific series. In this second round. We saw him sort of. Uh become less efficient in the first couple games when uh, in the first two home games that uh, Phoenix had. And I think that that wasn't due to Brunson. I think that was due to us resorting to how we played Phoenix in the regular season. Mm -hmm. You know, this Mavs team is all about if we're playing the Warriors or if we're playing like the Bucks, or if we're playing Memphis, or if we're playing the Suns, the best teams in the league, we automatically just shift all of our offense to Luka. Which I don't think that's the best thing to do. Because obviously Luka's the best, one of the best players in the league right now. and Top five. Yeah, definitely top five. And 
I know. I agree with you. Yeah. I really do. I just don't. I think that Mavericks benefit well because we don't have a number two guy. We don't have a secondary star. That's just how it is like this season. Uh, like Brunson's great, but he's not, he's still a role player. Um, we don't have that guy like every other team in the playoffs has. We just have Luca, and so we can't rely on just Luca on our star guy. We have to sort of share the ball, share the load. Because that's essentially hero ball. Yeah. Which we, you know, you're talking about Mavericks history. You know, 2011 was hero ball versus team ball. That was the last time the Mavericks won an NBA championship. And team ball beat out hero ball. G-Wade, LeBron, Chris Bosh versus Dirk and a bunch of, like, dudes. Yeah. And that was one of the, like, that series showed me as, like, a young basketball fan, you know, being, what was I, 12 years old maybe, like, this is how basketball is supposed to be. So, I ever since then, I've been big on team ball. Yeah. Well, like, you look at the you look at the past games that we've had uh, in this series in, like, particular, um, and I, I guarantee you it's going to show the same trend in the regular season when we played Phoenix, too. The games that we've lost against Phoenix, Luka had 40-plus points. The games that we've won, Luka's had, like, 26, 28, or, like, mm-hmm. 33 he had last night. So he's not putting up insane numbers. He's still putting up Luka numbers, but not, like, 50 points a night, you know? He's averaging 32 points per game this series right now. Yeah. So it's kind of a sweet spot, you know? He's not having to do everything, but, you know, and, you know, that's, you know, NBA, you score a lot of points, but, I mean, we were going to have this, uh, you know, topic later on, but we might as well just jump into it now. The question was, is it better for Luka to be uh, more or less selfish for the Mavs to win? And, you know, we both, we both agree on this, like, if the Mavs are going to to win, they need to get more guys involved. You don't want Brunson and Kleber and these other guys watching Luca. Mm-hmm. You want them moving around the court, you know, getting open, making the defender tired. You know, if you're a defender yeah. and you're running out to to defend a shot, you're already playing bad defense because they can just go drive by, right by you if they yeah. choose to, right? And then everybody has to rotate, and then you get an open guy like a Kleber three. Or Dorian Finney-Smith, who's been huge this series. I mean, Brunson popped off last series, still playing well. Dorian Finney-Smith's been big this series for yeah. us. Yeah. I really like him. I mean, even, like, Bullock has had big uh, big threes here and there. Uh, Kleber has had big threes. Bertans has had huge, like, really vital threes. But those guys, especially Bertans and Bullock, actually, no, especially Bullock, Bullock played 40 minutes in the last game. Bullock played 40 minutes in game six. Um, five more minutes than Luca. Five more minutes than Jalen Brunson. 15 more minutes than Dorian Finney-Smith. Because Bullock was guarding who? Chris Paul for most of the game, I think. That's bit. I actually didn't even notice that. Yeah. Bullock has been... One of the biggest reasons that we're in this series, why we he's probably one of the biggest reasons we're in a game seven situation, is because he's full court pressing just Chris Paul almost every possession Chris Paul is in. Um, I didn't even know that, yeah, which is because Chris Paul played 36 minutes. We're not worried about Devin Booker, Devin Booker can pop off all he wants to, we're worried about Chris Paul. And so we're doing exactly what um, the Celtics did to KD in that series, where they played, uh, where the Celtics played the net in the first round, where they completely shut down KD. The games that we've been successful, we've done that same strategy by just never letting like Chris Paul get comfortable, and we're tiring him out. We're using his age against him. We're full court pressing the guy every time he gets the ball, you know, we're bullying him on offense and on defense. Like Burke has been, or not Burke, sorry. Jalen Brunson has been targeting Chris Paul in the paint. Brunson will take it up. And if Chris Paul's on Brunson, Brunson backs him up into the paint. And even if Brunson doesn't make the shot, it's still a win 
they still won the possession because they tired Chris Paul out for 15 more seconds. That's actually so smart because he is, I mean, Chris Paul's 37, and he is still great. Like, basketball IQ, he's probably one of the top basketball IQs ever. Yeah. Like, dude is just unreal. The fact that he's six feet tall and still out here doing it in the league the way he is, amazing. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, yeah, I didn't even know that we had we had such a you know, great defense going from, you know, Bullock and, you know, Runson, who's basically a, like a lefty version you know, just attacking him on offense. But, you know, Chris Paul, like, he's probably playing somewhat hurt right now, and we don't even know. Yeah. Because he was last year. He couldn't shoot for an entire uh, basketball series last year against the Clip. Who was it? They were it playing. wasn't the Clippers. Was he on the Suns last season? Yeah, he was on the Suns last season. And against the Lakers, actually, he could not shoot a basketball. And the Lakers, I don't know if they knew or not, but he talked about it on the JJ Reddick podcast, which, which is, is shout out to JJ Reddick podcast. Amazing that podcast is it's my favorite NBA content out there. JJ Reddick is so talented no, at yeah, what he does. I love JJ Reddick. Yeah, he talks about he like talks about shit that like everyone else in like sports media is like afraid to talk about. Like he'll like I don't know like he's <clears> had guys on he's had like uh, Clay Thompson on. Or no, it wasn't Clay Thompson. It was Alex Caruso, like roasting Grayson Allen because Grayson Allen broke Caruso's wrist. Okay, foul. Can we just acknowledge that like Grayson Allen is just the worst person in the yeah. NBA? But is what he tries to do. He's winning. That's what he like wants. That he wants people to, like. Oh God, yeah, he is like the worst person in the NBA. I, I hate Grayson Allen more than I hated Draymond Green in 2016. <laughs> Same. Do you hate Grayson Allen more than Devin Booker though? Good segue into Devin. I probably do hate Grayson Allen more than Devin Booker. Same, yeah. Uh, the reason I hate Devin Booker right now is because we're in a, like, the same reason why I hated, like, Pat Bev and, like, last season and the season before, whenever Pat Bev was on the Clippers, is because, like, we played them in the playoffs. Hold up. But I, can we acknowledge that the, when the Timberwolves – uh, made it into the playoffs, like in the play-in, they beat, I forget who they, the Clippers. Like, the Timberwolves beat the Clippers, and, like, I, I'm not knocking them here because they haven't made the playoffs since, like, the mid-2000s. <laughs> but when they beat the Clippers to make the playoffs, not, like, win a series. <laughs> yeah. Like, Pat Bev was, like, jumping on, like, the stands, like, the media stand, like, waving the jersey. They were so happy, and, I, like... I'm not trying to make fun of them, but, like, it's hard not to. Like, you win one game in a they, playing tournament, and Pat Bev just goes insane about it. Pat Bev's, like, cry- no, he's not, like, crying, but, like, basically. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, but I like Pat Bev. I don't like Devin Booker. Same. You have in our notes, Devin Booker Rosesh. <laughs> First bullet point, he is a douche. Dude, I just okay. He played at Kentucky like seven or eight years ago, and I remember watching him in the NCAA tournament. And I hated him then. He has like a baby face, kind of like Steph Curry does. But Curry's grown on me over the years because Curry's the one of the. He's the greatest shooter of all time. Can we say that he's like the greatest point guard of all time? Steph Curry? Mm -hmm. No, I don't know about that yet. I will give him greatest shooter. I don't know if I can give him greatest point greatest guard. Greatest point guard, okay. We'll talk about it later. He's, he's greatest anyway, shooter. Greatest shooter of all time. Yeah. Devin Booker's not. Devin Booker has way too much confidence to act like this. What does he want in his life? A Kardashian or a Jetter, whatever. Kendall, Kylie. I don't know what I don't know who it is. He's like dating one of them. That's he not is. a nut. Yeah, he's dating one of the Jenner girls. I don't. I don't know their names because I don't care. But he like, it's like wanting to be famous, wanting to be a star. Like he's like the Drake of the NBA. Yeah, he's just like, I don't know. He just tries too hard, not like on the court, but I feel like he tries too hard to like be like a superstar. Where you have like Kawhi, who literally does not try at all to be like a NBA superstar. He just tries to, like, be a good basketball player. Yeah, Devin Booker is the opposite of Kawhi, I would yeah. say. 
Yeah, Devin Booker, I can't stand him. Hopefully the Kardashian curse will come through. I mean, we saw what happened with Lamar Odom years ago. You could talk about other players who just went downhill when they dated anyone related to that family. Yeah. Um. I mean, whether or not he wins against the Mavericks on Sunday, he has the most punchable face in the NBA. Yes. And I don't like him. And I don't. They get beat by the Warriors. Same. Uh, he has a great shot. Don't get me wrong. He's one. I mean, one of the best shooters in the NBA. But I hate him. Yeah. Especially because he's playing the Mavs. Yeah. So. I guess that's all we really got to say about Devin Booker. I just want to say that he's overrated. Yeah. If he didn't have Chris Paul, the... Didn't have DeAndre Ayton. Chris Paul's a wizard, okay? Um, yeah, so... Chris Paul just is the one of the best, like, just... Shot creator and playmakers in the league just because of his IQ still, even though he's, like, 46 years old. <laughs> but without DeAndre Ayton... Without Chris Paul and literally their entire team. They got some good role players, too. They do. The Suns are a good team, and it's... We're in a game seven with the Suns. Yeah. it's no. We have a chance. Do I hate Chris Paul? Or not Chris Paul. I love Chris Paul. I respect Chris Paul. But do I hate Devin Booker just because I'm excited that we're in a heated series? Yes. Do I, like, necessarily hate him, like, next season? Probably not. Do I hate Devin Booker, the person outside of basketball? No. Do I hate the persona that has been created for him and by himself in the game of basketball? Yes. Specifically in this series. Yes. People are, like, taking sides. Like, Fox News, like, made an article about, like, how the Suns were, like, the bad guys. (laughs) Well, okay. Everybody, not everybody, a lot of people want to see Luka win. Yeah. He's more likable. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he's a goofball. The people that want to see the Suns win are the people, one, if you're in Arizona. Because what else do you have going for you besides the Suns? Two, uh, people that like Chris Paul and want Chris Paul to get a championship. And that's kind of it. No one is, like, rooting. I feel like there's probably people rooting because they like Devin Booker. But it's mostly people in Arizona or people that like Chris Paul. Yeah. I feel like everyone else is, like, on the like for the Mavs just because one it's an upset to Luca. It's just a likable guy. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I feel like Luca in a way gets more respect at a younger age than Dirk ever got. Now obviously I can't fully say that because I was born in nineteen ninety nine, U two thousand, and you know Dirk started playing the NBA basically when we were born, right? Yeah. So it's hard to say that with, like, full confidence. But I feel like Dirk never got that full respect until he won a championship. And people have already acknowledged Luka as one of the top five players in the league. Like he almost I just feel like he has more respect than Dirk got at a young age. So I was watching The Last Dance, one of the episodes with Mike. Mm-hmm. And there was this player from one of those, like, Eastern European countries, Tony Kukoc. And the Bulls GM has had spent, like, a ton of time in Europe, like, seeing this guy play and, like, you know, talking him up to all the Bulls players. Like, they were going to sign Tony Kukoc to, like, a ton of money, but they weren't going to re-sign or they weren't going to, you know, pay Scottie Pippen what he was worth as I, as I burped this beer out. Yeah. And so, you know, Pippen was salty about that. Jordan salty because, like, Pippen's his main guy, right? Mm-hmm. And so when, the, you know, when Team USA played Tony Kukoc, they, like, kicked his ass in the Olympics, right? Yeah. And so it's kind of like there was an NBA mindset like, you know, 10, 15, you know, beyond years ago where like, oh, these European players coming over here, they ain't it. We're going to bully them, right? Yeah. But like as basketball has gone on and it's become even more international than it was, you know, 10, 20, and 30 years ago, these, you know, these international players can hoop. And it, quick interjection, um, but it, uh, I feel like the league – today as it is caters more towards their style of play than it did in the 90s and early 2000s. You want to go in on that? We can go in on that. I'm not sure because to an extent, you know what, I think, you know, I think you're right though because we saw a quick spurt of like hero ball in the league over the past decade, Mm -hmm. but who did it work for? Americans? No, no, like, think about it. 
Think about the teams that had players who were playing hero ball. They died to all Malcan. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. I have no idea what the answer you just gave me was. But anyway, we're going to move on. Like, like, cut like. Back, cut back, cut back. <laughs> we are two beers in on the Run the Damn Ball podcast. Two beers in. I haven't drank it all week. It's been finals week. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. But think about the teams who had hero ball. The Thunder, they had hero ball. Yep. The Rockets, they had hero ball. Um. LeBron without Kyrie, hero <laughs> ball. Um, like, the teams had a hero ball that, like, good regular season, but when it came to winning time, they weren't going to get it done. Yeah. Like, the Warriors, they were winning championships because they weren't hero ball, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I think you're right. Like, it is, you know, more so Euro-style team ball is what eventually wins in the end for most teams. Um, so, I, you know, I agree with what you said. Yeah, well, okay. Let me explain myself further. Because that was one thing where I'm like, Daniel's going to automatically agree with the statement. And then you didn't. And so now I feel like I have to defend myself. <laughs> um, if you listen to the, I'm sure you have, but the entire Luca uh, podcast on uh, JJ Redick. Um, one of the things that he brings up that's really, really interesting to me. He's like, man, it's like really easy to score here in the U.S. in the NBA. The way you just pronounced, like, just imitated Luca was so spot on. I'm in shock. <laughs> Thanks. But, no, what he said was, like, it's so easy to, like, get 30-point nights in the league right now. Like, it's easy. Like, that's what he said. Well, you have to take that with a grain of salt because he is Luca, And he is, like, one of the more unique basketball players in the country right now. And one of the best in the world. But, like... Flashback to the 90s or the early 2000s, I don't think it was that way necessarily. I think the league was very defense dominated. There was the, the, you used to be able to literally just check people with your arm and it wasn't a foul. Think about like the fouls that we have now, which I think are there for a good reason. I'm supportive. I'm not supportive of every foul called, but I'm supportive of the move towards you can't foul someone in the air on a fast break. Like, that's obviously good. You're going to get teed up for that. But it was a lot more physical in the 90s and early 2000s. It was a lot more defense forward. Um, Like, your stars had to be good defenders, you know. Jordan had to work out a lot so that he could, like, be the guy he is in the league. Yeah, he had to be strong. Because the Pistons literally made Jordan a monster. Yeah. You don't see a lot of, like, super skinny dudes in the league back then. Like, sure, you have some, but, like, you don't see a lot of, like, what we have, like, now. Like, dudes that aren't that strong that are perimeter shooters. Dude, they would hack the the shit out of John Morant. They would, like, murder him. He's so skinny. I love Jaw. Think about what would happen to Bertans. Bertans (laughs) would get murdered. Well, Bertans only shoots threes. That's true. But, like, still... I feel like there was a physicality that's not present today. Yeah, I agree. So that's what I meant about how uh, a lot of European players weren't really built like that back then. They were built more like modern NBA players, I feel like. If you come down the lane as Luka Doncic and Ron Artest or, (laughs) you know, Dennis Rodman is waiting for you, you can do whatever kind of crafty move you want. He's going to hack you. Yeah, you're going to get hacked. It doesn't matter how good <laughs> you are. You can like you can be a better offensive player than like Dennis Rodman was a defensive player, but you're going to get like bullied, you know? But uh, funny you bring that up. Uh, another J.J. Redick podcast thing. Um, At this point, we're literally just talking about J.J. Redick. <laughs> which is fair. It's great. It's great, yeah. But um, I'm sure you're going to cut a lot of this because we're kind of just talking at this point. Which is perfect, but I will cut a bunch of stuff because, like the whole Jacob part, like that's getting cut. I'm not including the part it's where it's already he... been like a forty minute podcast. I'm not. Is it really? It's like seven. Oh, it's a, it, we're at thirty two minutes. Oh, nice. He's literally. I'm gonna definitely cut the part where Jacob talks about the because I can't have. You can that. cut whatever you want. I won't be offended. Yeah. Um, but uh, JJ, it's kind of it's kind of sauce what JJ says, but he's just like, well. Don't take this the wrong way. But when Luca takes off his shirt in the locker room, like it surprises you what's underneath. And I was like, hmm. 
Wait, that could go two ways, though. No, but, like, what his point was, he looks like... Luka doesn't look like the most athletic dude out there. But, like, he's... I mean, it's evident with how he plays. He's a strong guy. Like, Luka's a really strong guy. Was Dirk, like, that strong? Was Dirk as strong as Luka is? He was seven feet tall, but, uh, no. He was pretty... I remember seeing something about, like, a documentary on Dirk about how lanky he was when he got into the league, and he had to start, like, weight training a lot more than he had because that was something that he didn't do in Germany. Yeah, Germans, like, people... It's so different culturally. People in Europe, like, don't go to the gym a whole bunch. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like, in, you know, countries that were, that are more, like... Like, the Scandinavian countries are very influenced by weightlifting. Like, Iceland is just, like, a bunch of so freaking Vikings who are lifting big things. Yeah. Like, they take over the... Disproportionately, they are they are represented in these strongman competitions. And, you know, the Scandinavian people, like, Norway, Sweden, them, like, they'll work out because, you know, they're trying to look like a Viking or something. We were talking about Vikings earlier, which is cool. But, um... You know, like, if you're, like, a skinny dude from, like, Germany or France or one of those countries, you're not working out. No. Like, the, we work out a lot in America, and we also eat a lot of food, too. We do eat a lot of food. Luca definitely, Luca likes his uh, tacos. Luca loves Dallas. Luca loves Dallas, and that makes me happy. I'm happy that Luca loves Dallas. I want to keep Luca for as long as we possibly can. I want him to be a franchise guy. I want him to be, like, how Dirk was with us. I think he will. This, but this game seven, man. I mean, we're coming off winning one hundred and thirteen to eighty six. Like I know we got blown out the game before, but they got blown out the game before. We blew them out. Yeah. So every home team has won this series. I need a close game, but I would need us to win. Yeah. Because we're not gonna blow them out in Phoenix. No. No. If we win, it's gonna be close. Um. If we win, we'll be in the conference finals against a team that we swept in the regular season. The Warriors. Note that they didn't have Clay. That is true. In the regular season, but we still swept them. He came in at like when did Clay come back? Like February, maybe. He came in pretty soon before playoffs. Yeah. But it's also a Warriors team that's going to have. A six or seven game series with the Grizzlies. With the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are tough. I wouldn't be surprised if they pushed a seven. Who literally whooped them last night? Without Jaw. Without who do they have without Jaw? Yo, okay, they are tough without Jaw because Jaron Jackson, yeah, that guy's a monster. Dylan Brooks is a dog, and they got some other guys who can hoop too. So like, they're yeah. a tough team. Um, it, it's kind of like how the Mavs were when we lost Luca. For a couple games, our guys were like, oh, we don't have Luka? Oh, bet. And they were just like, we're going to go ball out right now. Yeah. And Jalen Brunson was like, I got you. Yeah. It was awesome. Dude, like, I love the Grizzlies so much. They're my second favorite team in the league. Same. I love them. I love Jaw more than, okay. Something I've, we had a, okay, so this is what I've been thinking about. Remember when we played high school basketball and, like, I was the number two option. I shot a lot of threes. Sometimes I'd take off and, like, get a layup. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I also, like, really try to get mid-range shots because, like, that was underrated. And you were, our, like, our one. If any team, like, had a big man, you would pull up because yeah. you're 6'4". Yeah. And so we needed you for that. And so, um, but we had one guy on our team who, I mean, he was only, like, 5'9", maybe. But I think Brian, if Brian was 6'3", he would basically be John Morant. It's, I've been like, for some reason I've been thinking about like comparisons to like the people that I know, like who they would be if they were NBA basketball players. I know I told you the other night, like, dude, you look, you move exactly like Tyler Hero does. Like if you were like more like athletic and like 6'5", like you would kind of be Tyler Hero. But the best example of that is what you just said, that Brian, he he moved like Jaw, he played like Jaw. 
every single game we played, Brian would make some layup on like three dudes where there was absolutely no possible way. It was literally impossible. That he the, would do it. And he would do it every game. Like, so me and Cameron played basketball together in high school back in Dallas, and we had a guy on our team named Brian Davis. I'm gonna I'm actually gonna tell Brian about I'm gonna send the podcast because yeah. we're talking about him. But he was only about five eight, five nine, and he is probably the most athletic person that I know. Just naturally too. And he and he didn't even like he didn't even care. Like he just would like pull up, like he like, okay, well I'm just playing basketball and I'm gonna go drop like 25, 30, maybe forty. There were times where like remember we played that team from Oklahoma uh, Oklahoma City? Like a way bigger school than us, yeah. And we had a game at like eight a.m. in the morning, and Brian just decided in to drop that tournament. Yeah, yeah. And Brian decided to drop forty points, and so it didn't matter what we did because we Dude Brian was dropping 30, 30 pieces and forty pieces, like in high school. Rem- okay, if you guys ever watched like Zion Williamson dunk on a bunch of white kids in like South Carolina, imagine like. Basically, like a John Morant type player going doing the same thing, but like yeah. not dunking, but like you know what I mean. Because he wasn't like like super tall to where he could like dunk. Yeah, you know. He, he, okay. I would explain it this way: Brian could dunk like if I could dunk. You know, I actually okay. Here, oh here we go. God. Here we go, yeah. guys. I dunked a basketball today. <laughs> I had not dunked since like 2017. And warm-ups for a game. When did you dunk in 2017? Before the game against Fort Worth Calvary in 2017. Did you actually? In the in the playoff game where we went on to go to the semis. Did we lose to Fort Worth Calvary? We beat them, in, we beat them our junior year. Lost to them in the playoffs our senior year. Yeah, that yeah. That sucked, but I was really ready to do that. Anyways. I was sad because I thought we could have made a run, but also the next team we played was like the team that won state, so we probably weren't going to. The like, team from El Paso? That had like three seven-footers. I don't, we would not have. You know what's wild though? Calvary almost beat them. Really? Calvary was good. Dude. They had that one mid range guy. Boatner? Literally only pulled up from like the free throw line. The key. Yeah. He would be on each corner of the free throw line. He would pull up and he would make it every time just because he could jump higher than me. He would jump up like basically 10 feet in the air and just like doink. He was the most like just pure like athlete. That guy was good. Yeah. Um, but, so, yeah, anyways. so, anyway, what were we even talking about? Uh, Brian. Yeah, Brian reminds me of Jaw. Yeah. Dude, the nicest thing that Brian ever said to me, he probably said something nice to me before, but um, he, uh, he said that I was corn-fed when we were getting on a bus to go to some tournament. He was like, Cameron, you're corn-fed as fuck. And I was like, <laughs> Thanks, Brian. <laughs> but that's yeah. I I miss that guy. He was a really really good basketball player. He's a good dude too. Yeah. Like nice guy. I've I've seen him a couple times since we've graduated high school. I mean, he was a year younger than us, but um. So anyway, that's the comparison I had there. But uh, we'll give a gotta do a quick ad here. We're about forty minutes in. Run the Damn Ball is now partnered with NBNR Media out of Omaha, Nebraska. NBNR stands for No Block, No Rock, which is also their podcast. Go check them out. They're run by Mike Delaware, Kyle Byers, and Jared Hall. They all do a great job. And uh, they've got a lot of former Nebraska players on their podcast. Looking forward to do some future stuff with them the summer and the fall. And you can see more about them and Run the Damn Ball on NBNRmedia.com. So we've talked about some of this opinion stuff we've had about Luca. You know how much you know he needs to weigh into a game. We we both agree we team balls the way. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brunson, we really like him. We got to resign him. But this is something that's we've talked about before. I think it's interesting. Was it better for the Mavs to get rid of Rick Carlisle for someone who I would say is a worse coach, Jason Kidd, just from resume standpoint? Yeah. Right. But I think it like in a way I think it's like better. We, it, it's hard to make that comparison because we've only seen one, less than one season with Jason Kidd um, and Rick Car- Carlisle, like, you know, he got us our only championship like yep. in our lifetimes. Um, but even with Luca, 
Rick never made it past the first round of playoffs. Um, we've been stuck on that first round. We played some of the best teams. We've been, we played teams that have gone to like the finals, you know. Um, but did the Clippers win one of those? The Clippers, I don't know if they ever went to the. Dude, the 2020 season like is a complete blur. I don't even know how far yeah. the Clippers went, but Clippers used to be the Mavs' enemies. It was like we were dang close to being the Clippers back to back years, and we just didn't do it. Yeah. So, but Kawhi was so good. Kawhi just took over. Yeah, yeah. That I wasn't even. Watch. I wasn't even mad last year. Kawhi just took over, hurt his knee in the process. Yeah, and has not been back. No, <laughs> like I love Kawhi, but anyways, um. I think that with how, weirdly enough, I've considered this year to be a rebuilding year. Not necessarily a rebuilding year, but a restructuring year. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Because Rick Carlisle, I think he knew that he was on the outs. He wanted to win a championship. He wanted to go, not win a championship. He knew that he could win a championship with this team. Um, but he wanted to like succeed, right? He wanted to make it to, like, Western Conference Finals at least. Um, and so he was all, like, Luka. Like, Luka ball. Like, give Luka the rock. Get him an ISO. Um, at most, like, kick it out for, like, the easy three. Because Luka has a tendency. Luka, the reason Luka's so successful when we, like, have, like, shooters is because he spends so much time within the three-point line and the paint that he's sought, like, he, he's there for a long time, so he sucks all these players in, and then he can just really just easily kick it out. It's like a really simple principle, but that's like what he does. And so Rick Carlisle was just sort of like content with that, with that type of Luka ball, because he thought that like that was the easiest way to succeed. I think that Jason Kidd is more oriented around, you know, when he was in uh, when he was in the NBA. He was more oriented around team ball, you know, playing like to our strengths. We have a really like deep bench. We have a really talented roster. We have a bunch of really solid role players. I think Jason Kidd is more uh, keen to that type of basketball than Rick Carlisle was in his later coaching years. No, yeah, I really like the comparison because I think we were like a five, six seed type team. The last two years, mm-hmm. this year we became the four seed, right? And so, you know, with that being said, we improved in our seeding. Yeah. We were a better team. I would say we're better than we were when we were with Chris Stapps or Zingas. Oh, my God. That's not even like – you don't even have to say that. People <laughs> just know that. Maybe. Yeah. Chris Stapps was the worst thing that's happened to the Mavs in like a decade <laughs> since like Dirk became old. Yeah, besides Dirk becoming old, he is... Because we thought that he was the number two guy. Mm Mm-hmm. And we put him in when we had more talented players at our disposal than Kristaps. Spencer Dinwiddie is more of a plus than Kristaps was. Yeah. And we got more than just Dinwiddie in the trade, I'm pretty sure. We got uh, Bullock Bertans. Can we just talk about how average players will come to the Mavs and become above average every single time? Every no. time. Trey Burke would not be would not like be doing anything. No. no. But he comes to the Mavs and he's like in the regular season, he's a role player. In the playoffs, they don't really play. But um oh do you know what we haven't talked about though? Mm. That we we always talked about but we like forgot to talk about? Mm. I know that you're you're six four, so you can dunk like whatever you oh, want. Oh, talking about you dunking? I haven't dunked in five years. Mm-hmm. And I dunked today after I worked out. And of course, me being the six foot white dude I am, had to flex it everywhere. Yeah. Anyway, I just want to say that the reason I the reason I bring that up is because I was wearing the Reebok Question Lows that Trey Burke often wears when he plays because he always wears the Question Lows when Does he plays. He really, he always wears Reebok Questions when he plays. That's part of why I love Trey Burke. That's amazing. That's, I I understand. Um, my the biggest contribution that I made to our basketball team in high school was just like dunking and warmups and then just like playing like 15 minutes. Yeah. 
I will say, like, you were varsity all three years, right? Mm-hmm. Because you came to high school in sophomore year. I floated junior year, or sophomore year. Yeah. But I will say, also, you're... The, the picture you took with William Newcomer and Will Boyd with the water bucket yeah. after a game, that's iconic. Yeah. That was one of the iconic moments that year. But anyway, uh, that was like sophomore year. But um, I will say you went from like a dude who would smoke every other layup like your first year yeah. to like – I remember like if I would drive down the lane and drop you the ball and you would, you know, get a layup, but like – whether there was a guy there guarding you or not, you were making, like, everything. I, I, senior year, at least. Yeah. Senior, I peaked in my basketball proficiency sophomore year of college because that's when I became coordinated. Yeah. Like, I was starting to get coordinated my so- or my senior year of high school. But my peak coordination before I became, like, you know, Gained a, gained a few pounds and uh, stopped playing basketball as much. That was sophomore year of college. Uh, oh, God. This is awesome. <laughs> you got another beer? Oh, I got you. It's a three IPA kind of day. Yeah. We're only at 50 minutes, so we're balling. Yeah. Editing this right. is going to be hilarious. It, yeah, I can imagine. All right, what are we going to talk about next? So, we're, okay, I will say this. You were talking about you were Rick Carlisle and Jason Kidd. I think we can agree on that though. I think Jason Kidd was a good switch up. Carlisle probably was a little ambitious. Yeah. Well, Carlisle, great coach. Is he doing anything now? I have no idea. We can look it up, but I don't care. Yeah. I will say 2020 summer Cameron, because we couldn't go play basketball at a gym because of COVID. And we're in Lincoln, Nebraska. You know, we weren't in some small town, but Lincoln, Nebraska, enough people where we couldn't go to an actual gym really. So we played basketball outside all summer 2020. Cameron had reached his peak of basketball because that dude, if you wanted to stop Cameron, you had to foul him. We we had to foul you. Otherwise, you were making every layup. Well, it's because, one, I just figured out that I was stronger than almost everybody that I played against. And if I wasn't stronger, I was taller and just, like, longer. You could just step around people. Literally, like, literally, that's what I did. I would post up, and then I would take my big-ass leg and just step <laughs> around someone. And that's what I did. I would just seal them off and just get an easy, like, layup. I didn't need to, like, drive or shoot. I, like, I could drive, like, more than I ever could in my entire life. But it was just, like, awkward. I would usually just end up falling down. But I, I could just step around people because I was just large. You were exactly what my dad, like, dreamed you of being yes. as a basketball player yes. that summer. I just want to say, uh, Paul Magnuson, I, whenever I go and, like, to the gym and I'm, like, working on, like, like, my paint game, I still do the things that you taught me, Paul. I still practice the post drills that you taught me. And I still uh, practice all the footwork stuff, all the moves that you taught me when I was uh, – a kid in uh, in Dallas and Daniel's basketball court in his backyard. I still do all that stuff, and that's like one reason why I was. I mean, it's like I don't know. It's no accomplishment to be good at basketball when you're a sophomore in college because everyone around you is like fat or drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I was I was pretty good. I need to get back into the wreck. It's my it's my last summer and last. Uh, semester of college coming up. Cameron needs to get back into the rack. As much as my dad will not like us drinking beer on the podcast because my dad doesn't like drinking, he will occasionally drink wine. <laughs> One time, I remember like my senior year of high school, he was driving me and my mom home from something, and he was like, "Oh, I had two margaritas tonight. <laughs> I'm feeling it right now." <laughs> but he will love hearing that from you. Like that'll make my dad's day hearing no, that no, from you. Like show him that clip. Oh, I will. Just that clip. But also the part where he's like, oh, I don't know if I can drive right now. I mean, there's a reason he's called Party Paul. So, oh, shoot. We might as well just go off to that. Well, we could talk about that. My dad went to Nebraska. Um, My dad went to Nebraska in the early 80s, and he was in uh, the fraternity Beta Theta Pi. And back then, they could party on campus because, you know, different times. 
And uh, they don't go on the roof at Beta anymore, but um, they used to have parties on the roof. And my dad was trying to study one night, and uh, it was too loud for him to study. And so he went on the roof where the party was. He grabbed the keg where everyone was drinking beer from, and he threw it off the roof. Because And then he told everybody, party's over. <laughs> and then I don't, like, know his whole, like, history of, like, college. Yeah. But he got the nickname Party Paul after that. Which makes sense. I don't know, like, if my parents partied up that much in college. Because, like, they both were in Greek life in Nebraska. So, like, what they... What sorority was your mom in? Uh, Alpha Phi. Which is funny because I worked in that house for a year. Which is funny because I know girls in AP. Yeah. And I know your mom. I don't, the thing funny. is, I don't know if I told any of them that I was... That your mom was in Alpha B. I don't know if I've told any of them. Maybe a few. I haven't told Kristen that. That's hilarious. That's information that I have to spread. Yeah, anyway. But, uh... Because, like... It's where Party Paul got his nickname. I... Dude, me and you, not even in Greek life here at Nebraska, and, like, we have a great time. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that's great about Nebraska. Like, I'm not here to knock their Greek life, life at all. I'm actually here to uh, laud their Greek life because it doesn't make anyone feel pressure to be in Greek life. Like, the fact that we don't have a huge Greek life representation means that everybody can have fun. Like, I can go to the bars and be, like, surrounded by frat dudes and still, like, have a good time. Yeah. Because for, like, I don't, I like, I know that, like, frats everywhere are getting, like, a lot of flack. But I feel like frats in Nebraska are, for the most part, a lot more chill than anywhere else. For the most part. There is one down the street that we could mention that I think is probably one of the worst in the Midwest. But um, besides them, yeah, they're pretty chill. Uh, <laughs> so that's one specific street in Lincoln. Like It rhymes with um, uh, what is Brine. The street rhymes with Brine. They're on. Are they on Vine Street? They're on Vine, right? They're on Vine. I think you're right. Yeah, we don't have to talk about them. They're relevant. (laughs) They literally are relevant. But um, okay. Quick, one more shout out, I guess. Reactor Coffee. Whoop whoop. They fuel the podcast, run the damn ball. Megan Castor and everyone at Reactor do a great job creating a homey environment to study and get work done. Go check Reactor out on social media and go get some coffee. And waffles. I had a caramel, like, praline waffle there this week. Incredible. They're at uh, 2124 Y Street, Lincoln, Nebraska. So, anyway, we don't really have a lot much more to talk about. No, except but Megan and a... Is there any Megan? Megan Castor? Yeah. Oh, that crawfish boil last week? She was in a crawfish suit, and she immediately earned my respect. Yeah, she's, she's a good time. Um, we went to a crawfish boil over by Reactor Coffee called Turbine Flats. Um... Last week, that if we could talk about everything that happened that day, that's a whole other story. We don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm talking about that. But, uh, you know, Game seven's coming up on Sunday. I, I didn't see an exact time for the game on Sunday for the Mavs and the Suns, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think what's really big is, like, DeAndre Ayton is averaging 17 points per game against us, which is a lot more than, uh, you know, he's a big man. It's a lot more than Gobert was averaging against us. But, man, if we can get Maxi Kleber going from three, yep. oh, my gosh. If we get – so I guess we can – I know we don't have a lot of time, but let's talk about things that we want to see from the Mavs or from the Suns that would benefit the Mavs in game seven. You know, Devin Booker's a bitch. If he thinks that he's better than Chris Paul and tries to take all these shots, they're going to lose. That's fine. That's fine with me. I want him to do that. We need team ball. I don't want Luka dropping 45 unless we have to go to overtime. And, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, we need team ball. Kleber. Um, who else do we got? Finney Smith. Dinwiddie. What if Dinwiddie, like, dude, if Dinwiddie's open, boom. Money. Yeah. All right? So. I want, I want to see Bullock on defense, like I talked about before. Like. I want to see him pressuring Chris Paul, not letting Chris Paul get comfortable, because Chris Paul has been averaging nine points a game in this series. I didn't know nine. that. Nine. I think it's like 9.7, if I could be wrong. But I know that it's under 10 points a game in this series. And all that credit, I think, in my personal opinion, goes to Reggie Bullock. The dude's got energy. Um, and he's got crazy hair, but I can't really comment. Because, yeah, well, jaw. As crazy hair. We love Jaw. Um, but I want to see 
the Mavs excelling on defense. That's what we need. Uh, no home team has lost in this series yet. I want to change that on Sunday. I want to see Luca sharing the load. I want to see Luca playing team ball. I want to see Luca creating looks for our shooters and for Brunson um, in the paint. I like him. I like Luca with um, shoot. What's his name? The Dwight Powell. Yeah, I like Luca with Powell. I like that look. I like that connection. Um, and I like the pressure on Chris Paul because if Chris Paul doesn't play well, the Suns don't win, and that's it. It's like it's that simple. That's how you beat the Suns: is take out Chris Paul. Dude, I'm so excited for the game. Honestly, Sunday, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm allotting the three hours in the day to watch that. I'm going to be hungover. Oh, gosh. I'm going to be so hungover. I'm going to watch the Mavs. (laughs) And odds are, I'll be very upset. But if we win and we go to the Western Conference Finals, that will be the happiest moment of my sports fan life. Because I know we can honestly end it on this part, but I'm a Longhorn fan. I'm a Nebraska fan. And I am a Cowboys fan. <laughs> Dude, those Three are... of the worst fan bases in all of the world. Three of the worst okay, hold up. fans of. Nebraska fans no, are no, not no. that bad. No, I didn't mean fan base. I meant fans. To be, to root for to their root team? For yes, them. yes. Yeah. Like, it hurts me. It hurts me <laughs> to be a fan of these three teams. I love them. The Longhorns, I'm falling out of love. And I swore to Daniel today that I'm going to raise my own children to be Nebraska fans and not tell them that their dad was never a Longhorns fan. But the Longhorns, the Huskers... And the Cowboys, all three, all three are incredibly cursed. Like the Cowboys, you ever see that meme where it's like the only way to stop Tom Brady from winning a Super Bowl, and it's him in a Photoshop in a Cowboys uniform? No, that's true. That's facts. Like that. One of the worst off seasons of all time, by the way, about the Cowboys. I just want to point that out. It's historic, (laughs) a historically terrible performance in the off season. So yeah, three. Like okay, like. Longhorn fan base sucks. Longhorns, they did win a national championship in 2005. That was one of the greatest games ever. Cowboys and the and the, the Cornhuskers were like the two football teams of the 90s. But since then, they've been cursed. But I was born in 2000. I know. I was five years old when the Longhorns won the national championship. Yeah. So I basically, the only team that we've seen to have success in our lifetime, like at a, at a great level, yeah. That's like, I know you were asking earlier about um, like our, our favorite Mavericks experience that we've had. And I was going to bring up that when I was like in sixth grade, I went over to my friend's house and he took me to his cousin's birthday. And his cousin was really rich. He lived directly next door to Dirk Nowitzki, uh, Dirk the goat. Um, and Dirk came over to this Halloween party with Emmett Smith, Dirk Nowitzki and Emmett Smith. <laughs> I danced with them and we danced the night away. Not really. They were there for like 10 minutes and then they left because they're famous people. But I danced with both of those dudes. And that was my favorite Mavericks memory because, like, they they have been the only team that I've been a fan of that's had success in my life. And that is something that is, like, will never, ever be taken away from me to be, like, that proud of, like, the city that I'm from and to be, like, that proud of, like, the team that's lives in the city that I'm from that's from the city that I'm from it's just like a cool experience to like have your team win a championship even though I wasn't a Mavs fan back then like Mm -hmm. I like watched the Mavs but I didn't watch like sports all the time yeah yeah I man like I became an NBA fan when I was pretty young I was probably like eight years old yeah but it was because two reasons. One, I started playing NBA Live 07. This is before NBA Live was trash. Yeah. It was a pretty good game back then. And I believe Dwayne Wade was on the cover. And that was the same year we played the Heat in the finals. We probably should have won, but we just kind of we just fell apart and lost to the Heat in 06. It's fine. 
Okay, but because we got revenge. But like that's you know playing NBA Live as a kid. You know I have a lot of memories doing that, and then also you know the Mavs being my team. Damn. So like 2011 was so great as a championship win for the Mavs because it was a culmination of everything like like Dirk had worked towards. Yeah. Dirk put his heart and soul into the Mavs for like. 13 years straight, mm-hmm. 12 years straight. And 2011 was like the Mavs just like they would go to the playoffs every year, but they wouldn't do it. And everyone would be like, oh, Dirk's not good enough, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Dirk took the team all the way on his back, mm-hmm. took out this the Heat, their first season as the big three. That was their yeah. first season as the big three. The took expectations them out. on them. LeBron James, one of the greatest of all time. Top three, yeah. Yeah. Honestly. In my opinion, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to stay at the top of it. What's your name? Kobe. Kobe. Yeah, Kobe. Kobe's up there. But, like, the, like, think about historically. You think about, like, the fact that the Dallas Mavs with yeah. with Dirk Nowitzki and a bunch of role players beat the Heat. Like, huge underdogs. Uh, Go Mavs. Mavs in seven. Mavs in seven all the way. And then Mavs in six. Yes. I think, okay, I think the Suns are a tougher matchup than the Warriors for the Mavs. Absolutely. Well, and, like, if you look at our regular season, swept the Warriors. We were swept by the Suns. Really? I didn't know that in the regular season. We were swept by the Suns? Yeah. Dang. I, I mean, don't quote me. Like, I could be, like, very wrong, but I do believe we were swept by the Suns. Dang. Well, okay, that's every, that's everything. Yep. This has been one of the better podcasts around the damn ball. Um, we did we crack a couple beers? Talked. Yes. Did I dunk today? Yes. Will I dunk again? I don't know. Let's go to El Chaparro after this. Yes. All right. This has been Daniel Magnuson and Cameron Shuffles. We're on the damn ball. Go Mavs. Mavs hand for life. Run the damn ball.